If you're a guest or tuning in online, I just want you to know we are so glad that you're here. We hope that you'll keep coming back, but I want to give you a little understanding that we've been in a series just for a couple of weeks talking about, as you just saw, Guard Your Heart, and we've looked at kind of two passages that have kind of set the stage for everything that we're going to be talking about over the next number of weeks, where Jesus is, is sharing in Matthew 15 that he's saying that, hey, that stuff that comes out of your mouth that oftentimes causes hurt towards other people. Uh, that stuff is what's been stirring in your heart. So it's really, it's, you know, it's, it's really not about, uh, you know, so when you, but for instance, when you say something mean or, or when you say something rude or, or, or you're short with somebody and you say something maybe that, that causes other people to cringe, it's because that thing that was kind of sitting and stirring in your heart that it maybe has gone unnoticed to you eventually found its way through your filter system and out of your mouth because what comes out of our mouth is a direct correlation of what's stirring in our hearts and it's not about having better manners or telling people watch what you say it's really about addressing those heart issues because Solomon tells us in Proverbs chapter 4 and he's going to give us all kinds of wisdom and insight on all kinds of different topics but he says hey above everything else that I'm going to tell you and I'm going to drop a whole lot of wisdom on you, but above everything else, he says, guard your hearts because it is the wellspring. He says, for it is the wellspring of life. It's where all of life emanates from. And so the question that we've been looking at is how do we guard our hearts? How do we avoid just editing our words and modifying our behavior? But how do we truly guard our hearts? If you have your Bible, go ahead and open up with me to Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to look at what I think is potentially the most dangerous heart issue. Hear me. All the heart issues are, are dangerous. In fact, last week we looked at guilt and how we can carry guilt or we can guilt other people. And I would encourage you, if you weren't here, go back last week and you can, you can, uh, you can listen to that. But today we're going to talk about what I think is probably the most dangerous heart issue, which is anger. Because when most people think of anger, you, you probably think of like when you're angry and you're texting somebody, you'll either use all caps, that means you're shouting, right? Or you'll throw that little red emoji face, right? Like that's kind of what we think of when we think of anger. We think of people shouting. We think of people, you know, slamming doors, people using intimidation against one another. Again, those are all aspects of the way that we kind of show or express Anger. But anger is multifaceted. Anger applies to every temperament in this room. Right? I mean, whether you are extroverted or you're shy, whether you're really laid back or you're perfectionistic and controlling, whatever it is, you, whoever it is, you, you can express anger in all kinds of many ways. And oftentimes we've we've learned to make it even sound better, right? Like I'm not angry, I'm just irritated. 
I'm not angry with you. I'm just annoyed. I'm not angry. I'm just really frustrated. These are all expressions of really undealt with anger. In fact, in in some of your, uh, not in some of your notes, all of your notes, if you got them when you came in or if you're tuning in online, we have them for you as well. But I, I, I took some, some aspects, there's a, there's a book called The Anger <laughs> Workbook, and there's some things in there that I thought would really be helpful for you to process and think through that that's, should be on the backside of your notes. But it, I don't know if any of you have ever experienced this, I'll just be honest with you, I have. Like I could deal with all kinds of very difficult situations at work, handle all kinds of conflict, and handle it pretty well and then I would go home when my kids were young I could go home and the littlest thing that happened or as soon as I walk in the door and something is said or done all of a sudden it just sets you off and it's like why like what is it that causes I mean it's obvious it's the kids right no but what is it that was stirring inside of me or maybe even with you that causes you to be angry. How do we guard our hearts against anger? And as we look at Ephesians 4, it's it's important to remind us that the author of this book is the Apostle Paul. And the great thing is, is that he has incredible understanding of what it feels like to be hurt what it feels like to be misunderstood, and what it feels like to be mistreated. In fact, he's writing this letter to you and I, to the people in Ephesus specifically, and he's writing from prison. He's not writing from a beach in the Caribbean. He's writing from prison, knowing how it feels to be mistreated. And so he gives us some insight on how to guard our hearts against anger. So Ephesians chapter 4, why don't you go ahead and drop down to verse 26. This is great. He says, be angry. And many of us want to stop there, put an exclamation point and go, sweet, life verse, right? Ephesians 4, 26a. (laughs) But however, he continues, right? And he says, and do not sin. Be angry, just don't sin in your anger. Like this is the hard part. The Apostle Paul is saying, listen, there are going to be times when you're angry. There are going to be times when you have a lot of emotion. Notice Paul doesn't say don't ever be angry. He never says that. In fact, he says be angry because he knows to not be angry would be incredibly unrealistic. The question that you have to ask is what do I do with the anger? Because it says don't sin. So do you lash out in words, in actions? Do you punish people through your silence because you think that's better? It's still anger. And then Paul gives us this word picture. He says, and do not let the sun go down on your anger. Here's what he's talking about. He's saying, listen, don't allow your anger to carry over into tomorrow. In other words, hey, be angry, just don't sin, and don't carry your anger into 
the next day. And, and, and again, we've, we've so misapplied this passage in marriage, right? Like, like all of a sudden something happens and you're like, hey, you know, we said, you know, can't go to bed angry. Can't let the sun go down on your anger. We need to talk about it. And oftentimes these arguments seem to happen before, di- you know, not before dinner, before bedtime. And, and again, you're like, we got to talk about it. And your spouse is like, I don't want to talk about it. And you're like, no, no, no. The Bible says we got to talk about it because the sun can't go. The sun's already down. It went down way earlier. But I'm telling you, we can't. And so you'll try to stay up till 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning trying to work on this. And guess what happens? It gets worse. Why? Because you're exhausted. You're tired. You're not even thinking rationally. And all of a sudden, you're trying to figure, you're trying to obey and, 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 and resolve these issues. But again, good intentions. Good intentions. Not the greatest, necessarily, application because here are some things that we just know to be true. There are just some anger issues that won't be resolved overnight. And I think the principle that we could get from is is Paul's trying to help us understand, hey, like within a 24-hour period, you you need to try to address it. But we also know that for some things, it could take a while. And he says, just don't allow your anger, excuse me, don't allow your son, the son, to set on your anger. And, and if you're like me, I go, why? Why is that such a big deal? And then he gives us the significance of why this is so critical. Look at verse 27. Here's the reason why it's so important, because you give no opportunity to the devil. When you don't let the sun set on your anger, you give no opportunity to the devil. And, you might, and for some of you, I, I, I don't know if you believe in the devil or not. The devil is, is, is uh, because most Americans believe in God, they don't believe in the devil. It, just so you know, I believe in the devil. This church believes in the devil. The reason why is Jesus taught it. Jesus believed in the devil. The scripture teaches it, so we just hold to it. Like, that's just something we hold to. And so I just want you to know, it's not a little, little dude with a pitchfork and a red suit, you know, that kind of thing. Like, he's re did a whole series on spiritual warfare. You can go back and listen to that if you can find it. But Paul is saying that, hey, in your anger, you are opening If you're holding on, if it's carrying over, and the sun sets on your anger, you are opening the door to the devil to come into your life and wreak havoc in your life and in your relationships. Here, I just want you to understand, when we choose, right, because we're hurt, somebody hurt us. Somebody said something. Somebody was wrong in how they treated me. And so now I'm holding on to it because they won't take responsibility. They won't understand. And so what do I do? I hold on to it and I open the door and say, devil, come on in. Like here, take up a seat and you just take up residence in here for a little while because I'm justified in my anger. So you just sit here and I want to give you permission to wreak havoc in my marriage and wound my children and, and poison my life and my future. Come on. Nobody would say that we want that. But yet that's exactly what we do. And this is why Paul is saying to us, listen, do not let the sun rest. Don't don't let the sun settle. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Why? Because you will give the devil an opportunity. Here's what I want you to understand. We said this last week. You've got to view these things. You've got to view these things through the 
through the lens of a debt-debtor relationship. Last week, we talked about guilt. And guilt says, I owe you. Anger says, you owe me. Anger says, you owe me. Listen to me. When you are hurt, when you are offended, when somebody said something to you that was incredibly hurtful and painful, that person who hurt you now owes you. Maybe it was at work and, and somebody said something that was incredibly hurtful that maybe impacted negatively your reputation. They owe you. That was wrong. They stole your idea. That was wrong. They owe you. They hurt you. If you grew up in a home where your mom or dad left, it was incredibly hurtful to you, and, and you feel like, man, they took a piece of my childhood from me. They owe me. Why? Because they took away the security of growing up in a healthy family. Maybe you went through a divorce, and you feel like you're, spouse owes you because they stood at the altar and made a covenant, a promise before God and before you and for all your friends and family members, and now they owe you because you cannot now keep your promise before God. See, when there are times that we are offended or we are hurt, it feels like something was taken away from us. So what our anger tells us is you owe me. This happens with unmet expectations all the time in relationships. James kind of talks about this, that where our, where our anger comes from, right? And so we need to understand that where are the, what are the expectations? That person didn't meet my expectations, so now I'm angry because they owe me, right? We do this with God and the church all the time. Like, God, I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I've been faithful to you, and I've been faithful to you, and you didn't answer my prayer, and I got hurt, and now guess what? I'm angry because I thought my faithfulness and obedience to you would deliver me from having to go through pain and suffering. And because you didn't answer, now you owe me, God, or church, or preacher, See, unmet expectations, it happens all the time. Think about it, your dad wasn't there for your games when you were a kid. He owes you. Your mom didn't protect you when she should have. She owes you. Your spouse said something incredibly hurtful, disrespectful in front of others. He or she owes you. Your boss didn't validate you and the hard work and the effort that you're making. They owe you. And see, because of this debt, because that's what it is, it's a debt. They, they owe me. Because of this debt and someone owes you and it's gone unpaid, you're angry. And guess what? When we are angry, it opens the door. In fact, I'm going to tell you, it's an open account. In fact, I want everybody in here, I want you to imagine that we are all bookkeepers, right? Probably won't have a ton of fun, just kidding, if you're a CPA. But, if we, but, but imagine we're all bookkeepers, right? And we've got all these open accounts. By the way, I'm just telling you, the same author, Paul, in 1 Corinthians 13 says, Love keeps no 
records of wrong, but we do it anyways. So what Paul is trying to help us understand is like we are all bookkeepers, right? And we've got all these accounts. And what happens is when I don't close the account because you owe me, because you haven't paid me back, then guess what? You need to make it up to me. You need to make it right. You need to apologize. You need to repay me for what you owe me. And as long as you and I carry that anger into the next relationship or the next season of our life, what Paul is helping us understand is you are inviting the devil to wreak havoc in your heart and in your relationships and in your future. And the worst thing that we can do to ourselves and the people that we love is to let the sun go down on our anger. Because we will carry it into all our relationships and we will carry it into the next season of our life. And if you and I do not deal with it appropriately, hear me on this, you will wound your children you will create all kinds of hurt and pain in your marriage. And you will cause all kinds of problems for your future. Because, because what we're talking about is not letting your anger, not letting the sun set on your anger. If you're engaged... <laughs> If you're engaged or you're dating somebody that tends to be angry, please hear me on this. Run. Get out. And you're like, Bob, but you don't understand. She's so cute. He's so rich. Like I love, like I'm just so in love. And I'm just going to tell you, that's great. Get over it. Move on. Like you don't want to be in that relationship. But you're like, but Bob, you know, no, no, no. I do understand. And this is why I'm telling you, you are going to be blamed for things that you have no understanding for. You are going to be, they will continue to manipulate you and blame you intimidate you at times and maneuver on you because you're going to think, how in the world is this my fault? All I said was, right, like then you go ahead and fill in the blank, and it's going to be a mystery to you, and you're wondering, like, how does this have anything to all I said, right? And you go down this road, and here's why. is because there has been an open account or open accounts with somebody else in another relationship or season of life, and it's never been dealt with, and you are going to be the lucky person that gets to take the barrage of that person's anger for all of your marriage. Hope you have a great wedding. Because <laughs> the reality is, all you're going to do is just keep bumping into their wounds. And you're going to be at, at a loss. It doesn't mean that you haven't created some hurt, but a high probability that a lot of those wounds didn't come from you. Those open accounts were before you. You're just bringing them back up to the surface. I just think about this. Out of God's love, think about it. Out of God's love for you and I, he guides and directs Paul 
to write this stuff down for us. Because God knows that we're going to have these accounts and these emotions and these pains and these hurts. And he wants us to stop destroying ourselves and the relationship. How are we going to love and live like Jesus if we're holding on to anger? Like it's impossible. We can fake it. And that's probably the reason that this culture thinks we're hypocrites. Because we are. But when we start dealing with this authentically and transparently and start really pressing into the junk that's going on and we stop hurting the people that we say we care the most about, look what Paul says as God, as God directs his hand. Look what he says in verse 31. He says, get rid, pretty clear, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. Brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Here, here's what Paul's trying to give us, I, at least for me, this is what I see the imagery of when he says get rid of this stuff. Uh, you, you know, when you clean out your fridge, right? Like when you go into your fridge and you go in there and, and, and you start to pull something out and it looks weird, like it looks funny, it's got fur on it, uh, the expiration date is much past what you think it is, right? You're like, oh, this is disgusting. Like you get rid of it, you throw it in the trash, then you eventually take that trash to the trash can and then eventually you take your trash can down to the front of your driveway so that it can be picked up, right? And here's what Paul's getting at. Hey, I want you to do just exactly what you would do with that nasty stuff that's going to poison you eventually. If you eat it, put it in the trash, get rid of it. Get rid of your anger. Get rid of your bitterness. Get rid of your resentment. Get rid of the expectations that you keep holding everybody up against that you would never want to be held against yourself. Like, get rid of that stuff. And here's what we respond <laughs> Here's what we respond to Paul. But Paul, it's not that easy. I mean, it might be easy for you, Paul. I mean, yeah, I mean, sure, you were beaten and almost stoned to death and falsely accused and, and you were tortured and you were flogged. But if you heard my story, Paul, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I really do. I think Paul would probably say, man, I'm, I, I really am sorry for your pain it's not right and you were mistreated but I'm still going to tell you get rid of it get rid of it because you're holding on to something that is hurting you it's destroying you and it's also leaking on the relationships around you and so when it comes to these issues of the heart man we have become masters at justifying we have become amazing at really being able to defend how we got angry. Like, yeah, but they said, and she did, and he did this, and said that, and, and it was wrong. And you're like, I'm saying, you're right. It was absolutely wrong. And you were, you're totally right to be angry. But you just can't. Let the sun go down on your anger. Like you can't invite the devil into your life so that he can continue to wreak havoc on you. You can't take it into another season or to another relationship. We got to do what Paul said, and we must get rid of it. And I just know where the pushback is. And part of the reason I know where the pushback is is because this is where I want to push back. And here's where we push back. 
yeah, but if I do what you're talking about, then they might think it's okay. And what if they do it to somebody else? And if I do what you're talking about and what, what Paul is suggesting right here, they might do it again. They might think they're off the hook. They hurt me. They owe me. And it's not fair. And here's something we all need to hear loud and clear. When you and I choose to get rid of our anger, our supreme value is no longer getting paid back. When we choose to obey what Paul is saying and no longer carry on our anger, when our, our supreme value is no longer fairness. But listen to what Paul says in verse 32. He says, be kind and compassionate to one another. And here's the whole key. Forgiving one another. And I know some of you are going, I knew you were going there. Right? Just like last week, you didn't want to talk about confession because it stinks. So let me ask you, how much longer do you need to keep holding on to your anger? How much longer? How much longer do you need to keep justifying your resentment and your bitterness and your gossip and your slander? How much longer are you going to allow it to control your life and your relationships? And hear me, I'm sure, I am sure you were wronged. I am probably most positive if you were to share with me that it wasn't fair. But at what point do you stop giving yourself excuses and reasons for being bitter and angry when it, all it does is destroy you? Because there is a massive difference between forgiveness and trust. We've talked about this, what I feel like, is a gazillion times. Because here, here's what we're called. Jesus never said, trust them. He did say, forgive them. Trust is earned over time. Forgiveness is something totally different because there are people that I will not trust. They do not get past the boundaries that I feel like are healthy for me because they have not earned that trust. They start off. I start off just from a, just from a natural place. I start off trusting, even though I've been incredibly hurt. Thank God I, God gives me that capacity to do that. But when it becomes unhealthy, guess what? I'll forgive you all day long because I know what I've been forgiven of but I won't trust you as far as I can spit. See, to forgive means to cancel the debt. That's what it means. It means canceling your debt. According to my records that I'm not supposed to keep, they owe me. But I am choosing to cancel the debt. You don't owe me anymore. Not because you paid me back. Not because you even acknowledged that you hurt me. Not because you made it right. I am canceling your debt. The hurt that you caused me, you no longer owe me. Debt canceled. I mean, come on, should you have been at my graduation? Yes. Should you have been at my wedding? 
Yes. Were they, was it okay for them to abandon you, lie to you, cheat on you, abuse you? Was it okay or appropriate that, that, that they didn't follow along with the promise that they made? Should they have kept their vow? Should, yes, all those things, absolutely right. You were wronged, and they owe you big time. It's okay to be angry. You just got to choose to no longer hold on to that anger and let it go into the next day or days or weeks or years or seasons. And you choose. Say, I don't need to hold on this any longer. I forgive you. I cancel the debt that you owe me. You know what forgiveness does? Forgiveness closes the door on the devil wreaking havoc in your life and in your family. Why, why in the world? Think about this. Why None of us would open the door to our house. If we saw somebody with a fully loaded whatever outside of our house and they're knocking, they're ringing the bell, and you see them and they're just they're like they're full. Like there's nobody that you have a family and you're like there's nobody that's opening that door. That's just, that would just be foolish. But this is what we do all the time. We're like, hey, enemy, come on in. I know you're going to wreak total havoc. I know you're going to cause all kinds of damage to my children and their future and my spouse and everything. But come on in. None of us would do that. But this is exactly what we do with our anger. Forgiveness closes the accounts. Forgiveness is the only thing that breaks the power of anger. See, in my line of work, Unfortunately, I've probably heard every horror story out there to the point where there are many times where I'm telling you, you've come in and you've shared with me, and I, I can just feel the anger. Like, I'm getting angry for it. Like, I want to go out, find their address, and ring their Like, I, I can feel it in my own bones. Like, I understand what you're sharing, but here is what I still know to be true. No matter how angry, no matter how justified we might be in our anger, keeping that open account and holding on your anger and holding on to your bitterness will destroy you. It just will. And if you want to push back and say, yeah, 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 but my story is the exception. Paul already knew. Paul already knew. He gets ahead of it. And listen to how he closes up this verse. He says, forgiving each other. Ugh, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Do you realize, like, I have racked up, and you have racked up all kinds of sin against God. Like, there are so many things that we've done to hurt God and slander his name, and rub his reputation into the mud. Like, they're, like we are so indebted. I, I am so massively overdue and overextended. Like I, there is a debt that I am so drowning in. And there is no way for me to ever repay it. it, it there, it's hopeless. There is no hope. Until 
God, out of his love for you and I, sent his son down to this earth to go to the cross in order to take your debt of sin and my debt of sin upon himself. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. But God loves you enough to be able to send his son to pay the ultimate price. And he took all those sins, all those open accounts, all those debts. And when Jesus was nailed to the cross, all of that stuff was nailed to him as well. And he wasn't just a martyr because three days later he rose from the dead to really prove and validate that he's the son of God. And so Jesus took all of that on him. Just he was sinless. But he took your junk and my junk, and he took all of that, and he says to you, and he says to me, when you choose to accept me as your Savior and King, like when you choose to invite me into your life, all the debt of your sin that you'll never be able to repay before God, you're forgiven. Like you have a clean slate. And when we are hurt and we go to the thing, but if I do that, you know, they might sin against me again. They might do this. Do you not think that when Jesus died for you, do you not think for a moment he didn't realize that you were going to sin against him again? But yet he still loved you enough to forgive you. And so when Paul is saying, in, as in Christ, God forgave you, let me just ask you, what has God not forgiven you for? What kind of Limited grace, did he only extend little bits and pieces to you, or did he give you all of that grace, all of that mercy, all of that forgiveness? And you are so unbelievably grateful that he's given that. No, no, you don't want fairness when it comes to your junk. Like, you want grace, right? You want kindness. But when somebody else hurts me, oh, no, 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 no. You don't get grace. God, I want you to distribute it to me in truckloads but only if I feel like they are truly sorry will I extend it to them. He says, forgive as in Christ God forgave you. Forgiveness breaks the power of anger. All right, let me give you these three things, and then we're going to wrap it up. And just so you know, we're going to have some people down here for prayer at the end of the service. I would encourage you, take advantage of that. Don't, don't push this stuff off. We've got an incredible CR, a Sci Life Recovery Ministry. Please, it meets on Tuesday nights. Please do yourself a favor. Come walk through and work through your anger and your hurt. Go to counseling, like whatever it is. Like we have a high value for that for here because if you just think it's just about memorizing scripture and, and going to church, like that's great. Like do those things. Yet at the same time, you need to work through this stuff. So here's the first thing you need to do. You need to identify, first step you need to take is you need to identify who you're angry with. You need to identify who you're angry with. And I, again, I apologize for all you teachers that are starting tomorrow. Uh, I know that ends with a preposition. With whom are you angry? All right, I, my wife will try to correct me. <laughs> with whom are you angry? Could even be somebody that's no longer on this earth could be even yourself. I know better. Who are you angry with? Because here's the thing. If, for some of you, you need to be willing to go back. It's not the immediate. There could be some people right there. In the, but most likely, you're going to need to go back a few seasons. You're going to need to go back a little bit and identify where the open account started. Because you're going to keep blaming those in your reach 
Meanwhile, the account started with somebody else. Spend some time identifying who that might be or who they might be. The second thing you need to do is decide what was taken from you. Decide what was taken. What do they owe you? Be honest. If you're not sure, ask God. There, it, it could be a while back that you're going to need to really press in and ask the Lord, like, what is it that I really believe that they owe me? And, and you're need, you, you need to ask God. And again, for this to be meaningful and not just go through the motions and kind of say the words, because there, there, there are going to be things that are going to come up and you're going to feel these things. But I'm just going to encourage you, figure out what is it that they owe you. The third thing is to forgive them. Cancel the debt. There, there's probably a fourth thing, to be brutally honest. I mean, the fourth thing would be actually try to reconcile the relationship if it's possible. But you can't have reconciliation until you actually work through this forgiveness. And I've heard all kinds of stories, people using stuff like, you know, I'm going to write this in an envelope and I'm going to throw it in the fire and, you know, you no longer owe me anymore. And, and whatever's helpful for you. For me, some of the pain and some of the hurt that I've had to work through, and I do this almost every time, because it's just helpful for me, is whatever it is, identify who I'm upset with. And I've had to work through this big time. And I clench my fist really hard. I'm like, okay, this is, this is who it is. This is who they are, whatever the case is. And each individual person, I will work through this stuff. And I will then say, this is what I feel like they owe me. This is what they did. This is what they said. This is what it cost me. This is how it hurt me. Like, I'll work through all of that stuff. And then I come to this point, I'm just like, God, I know. This is the gospel. This is why it changes my life. It's like, God, I know that you forgave me. And you command me. It's not a suggestion. You command me to forgive as you've forgiven me. And so because you haven't withheld, I can't either. So right now, I am choosing. I'm choosing to cancel that debt. Like they don't owe me anymore. Would I like for them to take ownership? Would I like an apology? Would I like for them to ask for forgiveness? Yes. Do they owe me that? Not anymore. And those feelings, I'm just telling you, you're going to struggle with this because those feelings, those thoughts, all that stuff, those emotions are going to remind you of what happened. You've got to say, no, 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 no. I've forgiven them. I'm not picking that back up off the, like, I've already canceled the debt. You no longer owe me because this is the way I'm going to guard my heart against anger so that I can have peace and freedom that God desires for me. That's how we guard our heart against anger. Let's pray. As our worship team comes back out, I just, I want to invite you to stand with me, and I'm going to ask you some questions, and we're going to have some people down front for prayer, and I really want you to assess. Go ahead and stand. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to really think through some of these questions. How's your heart? Be honest. God already knows. How's your heart? Are you holding on to any anger? With whom? Like, who is it? What do they owe you? Are you mad at anybody? Do you find yourself having a short fuse and you really don't know why? Is anybody ever asking you, why, why do you seem so angry? You ever find yourself getting upset at even the smallest of things?
Do you want freedom from that anger? Would you be really, would you be willing to get rid of it? Like Paul talked about? And would you be willing to refuse to allow that anger to continue to reside in your heart? If so, my encouragement to you this morning, identify who it's with. What did they take from you? What do they owe you? And then cancel the debt. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for loving us this much. Thank you for giving us this instruction and insight from Paul. Thank you for forgiving me, even though I did nothing to deserve it. And God, would you help me work through my pain so that I can have healing and be willing to forgive those who hurt me. Just as in Christ, God, you forgave me. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.